only two entities exist in the universe. We have suns that go outward and black holes that go inward. Which are you on this episode of Inverse? Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, it's Justin from Inverse. We're in the studio here with my friends and we're talking about a new topic in the next 13 weeks. We're very excited as we've been talking about all sorts of things from the universe and the relationships, but now we're focusing on God's will. What is God's will for you and how do we find out what it is? That's the topic for this episode. So in the studio, we have Kelly Siku and our dear friend sometimes. Uh, we have uh, Sebastian. Wow. Justin, always, you know I'm your best friend. You know you love me. You know yeah. you love me, Justin. Just, just keep saying that. It might, be, it might be true. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Siku, can you pray for us? Sure. Loving Father, we're so thankful that you have a desire to come close to us. And that's why we can study your word. We pray that you would reveal truth to us from your word through the power of your Holy Spirit. And that we can learn what your will is for our lives. We pray these things in your name. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you. We are we're ready. We got the Holy Spirit's power. We got the Bible open. We got our friends here. We're talking about a very important question of how do we know God's will? And rather, we're going to get to the Bible, but let me ask you guys this. How do you know whether uh, something is God's will or not? Let's just start a superficial question, and let's get a... This is watering the ground before we get a little bit deeper. Sebastian, you're smirking like, like sunshine here. I know, right? Yes. I'm, I'm excited about this topic. Yes, the for me, I always start with the word of God okay. because it's the clearest, most direct revelation of what his will Great. is. Episode and one not. and two are done. All right. <laughs> You're welcome. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I really do find that that's the first place I always like to check is yeah. to say whatever decision, whatever issue I'm dealing with. Let me find a narrative, find a character that's potentially faced a similar crossroad as myself okay. and then go back and, and see what I can glean from that story in terms of how God led them. All right. All right. Cal? Sometimes outside of things that are clearly delineated in the Word of God, because there's lots of things that just aren't there uh, mm. for one reason or another, sometimes things prove to be the will of God. Um, so we're maybe not 100% sure, but like this makes the most sense. The, the providence is leading this way, and the Bible seems to be pointing this way, but I'm not sure. But then kind of looking back, like that clearly was God. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. cool principle. And then hindsight is 2020. 20 mm-hmm. uh, Use the word providence, which is uh, a we'll capital city in Rhode Big. Island. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> since, since Very random since reference. Since um, Since they took some really good ones, I'll say that sometimes I don't really want to know. Okay. Um, I kind of want to know well, that's if... that's honest. Yeah. Sometimes I just kind of want to know if God will let my will be his. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. truth. Oh, wow. So I kind of, you know. Yeah. Don't say wow. You know okay. you do the same thing. Sebastian's the same way. It's yeah. okay. So you, just kind you, can of, be on your, you can be on the island by yourself. <laughs> yeah, okay. but it's kind yeah. of Sebastian praying like, same, praying like, God, this is what I want to do, and I just want to make sure that this is what you want for me. Yeah. No, I I, I jive with with Siku. I think I'm of the same blood as her. We're probably related in some way. Uh, I agree. uh, (laughs) But it's more like if I want something out, then I want to know what God's will is, and then I'm very obedient. I want to know. But if, if if I... like if I don't need anything, I don't want it. I really don't want to know more. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, I'm like, that's it. And then I'll just want to. So for me, the Daniel if Bible is a great revelation that like in things that I wasn't seeking for when they're revealed are like, oh, mm-hmm. some are like, wow. And some are like, 
Yes, yes, Lord. <laughs> it's and your it's, will. It's, it's, yes, uh, surrender. It's, 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 it's a struggle. So that just it's true. shows me I'm more of a sinner than, than Sebastian is. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Jeremiah 29. <laughs> Jeremiah 29. Possible. Jeremiah 29, <laughs> verse 11 through 14. Jeremiah 29, 14. And Callie, if you don't mind reading that for us, we appreciate it. Yes. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Okay, there's uh, a couple parts in there that are very, very well-known passages for in yeah. Scripture. Um, uh, from the group here, just uh, what are observations? What are your favorite parts? What do you see? What is interpretation thereof? Um, to, go ahead, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> My favorite part is that when God is speaking to them, he's speaking to people who are in captivity in mm-hmm. verse 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, I will, I will do these things for you. While they're in the midst of ca- captivity, God says, I think good thoughts towards you. And that's encouraging for me because even while you're in the midst of a difficult situation or while you're in the midst of a trial, while you're in the midst of that confusion, that, stuff, yeah. that God says that I have positive thoughts towards you yeah. and, and I have good plans for your life in the midst of that. Um, so that's an encouragement to me. Yeah, it's a cool thing that in a previous uh, segment that we were in in Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, Daniel was studying this passage. Right. This passage, and he goes into his prayer of like, look, I'm a sinner along with everybody Mm -hmm. else. And and in in verse 10, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. So he's like, yippee, 70 years is almost over. Like, hey, and what do we got to do? And what do you got to go back? What do we got to do to go back to back home? Uh, so yeah, awesome, awesome part. Yeah, in in the worst case scenario that we're in, God mm. is is there talking to us. Amen. Callie? I also like how definitive it is that God is saying this. He's not saying then you'll call to me and I'll think about um, showing you things and like I'll be here for you. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be open to it. But if you if you turn to me, you call to me and you seek me all your heart, like you will find me. Mm. Not you might, you possibly good chance, but you will. And God, who is God, him saying mm-hmm. that just makes it so clear. Like, you, there, there's no chance to deviate from this. Mm-hmm. God will come through for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, sorry, just to comment on that, um, if I could. Yes. Um, no, like I've, go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> go, Siku. <laughs> um, I've spoken to, you know, friends who are not believers in God. And, and a concern that they've said sometimes is, what if I look for God and I don't find him? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to comment that the promise in God's word is that when you seek for me with all of your heart, I will be found of you. That mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about, what if I, I am interested in religion? What if I'm interested in finding out about this God or finding out who he is or what he wants for my life? What mm-hmm. if I go through all of that and it's a waste of time? Mm-hmm. God says that if you, seek, if you seek for me, if you search for me, you will find me. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful promise. Mm-hmm. It's okay. She just kind of basically took yes, my comment, the but it's, it's okay, Siku. Yeah, I do have something <laughs> to share, but I'm going to share anyway. So I, I, I look at the exact same thing that Siku just brought out. I love that because being a former unbeliever, an atheist, no religion at all, I saw the fact that in this text is like an invitation that no scientist could ever refuse. Mm. God is saying, If you seek me, you will find me. So he's guaranteeing you results. And here's the experiment. If you seek me with all your heart, you're guaranteed to find me and get this result. Mm -hmm. So here's a hypothesis that you can actually test. Mm -hmm. You can go in and say, okay, I'm going to seek God with all my heart. And let me see if I actually find him. Mm. 
And in this sense, in Jeremiah 29, God is saying, I'm giving you an invitation you cannot refuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And literally, you're thinking, if I could find a being that had all knowledge and all power and all love mm -hmm. and was omnipresent and created all the universe, you're like, who would not take that journey mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I'm going to go down that road. You know who uh, doesn't take the journey, though? Go, get it, go, go. Uh, who doesn't, who doesn't take, take the, the journey? <laughs> the, the one who doesn't make the journey is the one who's afraid that they will find him. Mm. So this other one friend of mine, you know, said to me, you know what? I don't want to know if Christianity is true because if it is true, then I have to change my life and I don't want to change my life. Mm -hmm. So it was a conscious decision to say, I don't want to know if this is true because there are ramifications to finding out yes. the truth of this and yes. I don't want to change my life. So therefore, I will not even embark on this journey of finding out. Yeah, no, so based on your, that was, that was my question to ask you. I mean, you guys kind of implicitly answered it, but when God says, all your heart, what does that mean, all your heart? So you guys are saying there's a promise. You seek him, you'll find him, right? Yes. But there is a nuance there, not just seek half-heartedly, but all your heart. And what does that mean? And, and this girl, or I'm assuming the, the friend's a girl, a guy, this dude, uh, <laughs> is in some ways he's honest, right. but in a weird, not all your heart kind of way. Mm -hmm. yeah. is that, yes. That's a fair thing to say. Uh, yeah. I, I think a, a good indicator with all your heart, too, is, at, what is it, John seven seventeen? Uh, you shall know on the will if you're willing to do his will. So you have to, it's not just like, I want to know to, like, see how, what it looks like and like then I'll decide. Yes, yeah. yeah, like, can you check in? No, nah, I don't like it. Never mind. I don't want to know. But the way to, to seek it with all your heart is, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, whatever you want to show me, I'll do it. Just tell me what it is. Mm -hmm. That That is part of the all your heart. You're mm -hmm. not coming for information's sake. Mm -hmm. You're coming to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the keystone part of this entire lesson yeah. is that when we're trying to find out what God's will is, mm. often the mystery is placed on God's end. Yeah? Yes. Like, man, I don't know what it is, but you know, mm -hmm. and for some reason, you're not revealing it to me, so the problem is really on your end. I feel like God's but, like, <sighs> Yeah, no, for sure. No. But this verse intimates that the problem is not on his end. Mm -hmm. The problem is, I wouldn't say problem, but the mystery and the clog, disconnect. the disconnect is yeah. on our the end. Human side, the human side. Because if, if you think about it, right, when Jesus arrived in the wise men came to Herod. Mm. The interesting thing about that whole exchange is the Pharisees could tell him the prophecy. Oh, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, you know, in Judah around this time, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're like, yeah, we're confirming he should be born around this time, but they're not there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you can clearly see that there were individuals it's possible to possess this intellectual knowledge, mm -hmm. and yet your heart is keeping you from following it through, which is why mm -hmm. it was never revealed to them mm -hmm. that Jesus was born, mm -hmm. that the Messiah had arrived. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's something that, you know, my, my, uh, a good friend of mine used to say is that the eyes can never see what the heart cannot accept. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you will, it doesn't matter if you show someone something or you give them all the evidence that you want mm -hmm. and that they even demand, but their eyes will never see what their heart cannot accept. Mm -hmm. At the end of it, I don't want to accept that that's Jesus born in that manger. And in this context, it's like, I don't want to find God, which is why I'm not going to actually see all the evidence that's clearly leading me to discover that he's real. Right, because you wonder, how is it possible that you have theologians you know, who study the Bible and, and are atheists? You know, how is it possible that you have scientists who study nature, which is a revelation of God, and they're atheists? You know, you, you can wonder these things, but it, it speaks to what Sebastian was saying, that it's not just about the evidence that's placed before you, because when it comes to to having a knowledge of God and, and seeing who God is. It's not an, it, just an intellectual exercise, but it, it engages your heart, your willingness mm. 
to receive the information that is being given to you. Given That's to right. You. If I rephrase that, it's not about the data in front of you, but it's the presupposition that you have on already in, embedded in you That's exactly that you right. view the data. So the data can be self self uh, evident and, and and powerful, but if you have this presupposition, it doesn't matter what the data is. You will never come to that conclusion. And yeah. it's right. And it's crazy. For when I was younger, I had this question. Okay, well, Lord. How do I want to want something that I don't want? Mm. You know, like, how, how do I get to the place? If I don't want to know your will, but I want to want to know your will, but I don't want to know it. So how yeah. do I get to the place where I want to know it <laughs> when I don't want to want it? Okay. Yes. You know I mean? Say that it's 12 like, times. Go. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, but you get the conundrum. It's kind of... Yes. I, I, so Seeker has revealed mysteries, uh, mysteries of the human mind, uh, which are very complicated. When we come back after the break, we'll try to decipher this mystery in the break. And when we come back, some clarity might be achieved in Seeker's mind. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. Our heads are still spinning here. Siku, uh, <laughs> translate for us what we're okay. talking about. And I know, I think we all kind of know okay. what you're intimating towards. But um, I guess my question, and maybe that will feed the, uh, to, uh, to a particular destination, is what is so dangerous about seeking God with, with, not, with, not, with not all your heart, with half of your heart? Why, why, why is that so bad? Why is that condition in there? A big thing that your transition. A big thing that sticks out to me is we can be so that we can be close to God in a sense. We are reading His Word or around Christian people, but it it loses its effectiveness. Mm. So then we're we have it, and we we kind of like trick ourselves, like oh yeah, like I, I can quote the Bible, like I know all the songs, I'm good. But there's no change in our hearts and in our minds, mm-hmm. and it's. So without the heart, because that's just the, the minus, the practicality part. We can be like the Pharisees or the Sadducees or even like the rich young ruler. Like, yeah, I got it. All the commandments. I got you, Jesus. Mm. He's like, well, one thing. Like, mm, too much. Never mind. Mm-hmm. And that just that revealed that he didn't want it with all of his heart. Mm-hmm. He wanted it as much as he could have without sacrificing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would like to add to this, right, the other component of we're dealing with God not as a philosophical construct, but as a being. So here is a God that is being, it was willing to give all of heaven. And yet our response can never be less than all, right? It's, it's like, it's a shame to even think that people would come to a God who's like, I, I actually don't even have to sacrifice for you. I don't have to save you. Yet I'm going completely to the very stretches of divinity in order to reach you. And our response is like, well, you know, like we, we talked about in our quarter on Daniel, it's like this mindset, well, what's the least I can do yeah. and still be with God? And so when you say, I'm going to seek God, but not with all my heart, do you really want to find him? Yeah. Because in reality, anything in life that we truly want, we put all of our heart into it. If we put less than all, that is already telling to us and to other people, I don't really want this, but if I get it, it'd be great. But if I don't, that's okay. You know, I didn't get it. That's cool. You know, keep it moving. And it's like, you cannot treat the creator of the universe as a potential casual gift. Like, oh, maybe I have God. Maybe I don't. 
then you have no respect of what you're seeking. My imagination is just to respond. I, I, just, I just have a weird imagination. Uh, I just <laughs> think, that, like they said, <laughs> the, some people treat God as a, as a philosophical construct. I love yeah. that. Uh, God is, is some kind of, you know, gumball machine, some kind of, you yeah. know, mastermind computer. And it's like, you know, you press a button and you're like, what is my future? Shake the magic eight ball. And then a result comes out. And you read the result and you're like, nah. Don't like it. This, this is wrong. <laughs> Deny. Well, surely this, this, this computer must be broken. Yeah. Uh, or no, you, you, you mark this out. Or you're like, it must be this way. And, Correct it. And, and, and you're messing with not a computer, but right. with the, the creator of the universe. That's and right. So rather than have that interaction at all, God says, well, let's just wait till you're in a position of utter surrender. Yeah. Because otherwise you can mess up your own life, mess up other people's life in the process, and become a dangerous agent. That's right. And, and God, is, in his mercy, is working with you. Mm. So he recognizes that in his infinite love and wisdom, He's saying to himself, what's the best time and place to reveal this to Sebastian? Mm. What's the best time and place to get the response that I want and I know Sebastian would want mm. once he realizes the implications of the yeah. decision? That's okay. Well, you don't, you don't no, detract no, no. from it. But that when, we're, when we want something, it is revealed in our actions. That's mm. what I wanted to point to. Ah. So I was talking about the struggle that I had you know, growing up in the church was, you know, how do I, how do you change your own heart and that, that those kind of things. Um, but something that, that became clearer to me and the older that I've gotten and in my relationship with God is that your desires of your heart are actually manifested in your actions and your actions act upon your desires That's as right. well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know God, but I'm not sure how much I want to know God, but I need to act on that little bit of desire that I have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then it actually comes back and acts back on my desire and it increases that desire and I want to know him more. Mm-hmm. Like, so, Lord, I want mm-hmm. to know you more and I study the word more and I learn more about him and, and it's this, this cycle yeah. that goes on. But the challenge that faces, I guess, my generation is I want to want it as much in the beginning. Yeah. Right? I want to have this dying for my devotions type of experience <laughs> like Daniel in chapter 6. Yeah. Right now, before I even get to the place of having devotions in mm. the first place. Well, Lord, I don't feel like yeah. I could die for my devotion, so I'm not even going to have devotions in the mm-hmm. first place. And, and, and that's a betrayal of the text that he says, if you seek me, right? Seeking, if something's right in front of me, there's no seeking, right? But there has to be distance, which means there's a process. There's a journey. And I think some people, like you said, if, if you're not game for the journey, then you're going to lose something along the way because you're like, well... Uh, I have to go looking for this thing. I have to go looking for God. Why can't he just appear with a Michelangeloid type face, you know, in the mm-hmm. sky? Like, I am God. And I, oh, OK, God, you found me versus like, <laughs> you know, we have to actually seek him with all of our hearts. And he says, let then me you ask will you find. this. How, how do you know when you've come to a point of all your heart? How do you know when like, Lord, I'm, I'm all willing. And uh, do, you, do you ever know? Silence. <laughs> I don't. Well, okay, I'm gonna go first. Go ahead. So I, I kind of go back. I can say I can speak for myself because okay. um, I don't know everyone else. But in general, I, I'm a very introspective person, um, and I can. I mean, I don't know myself fully. You know, I would need God to reveal myself. But it's like I can tell when I'm just kind of being like, yeah, you know, God, please tell me, please, please don't tell me. 
But like, okay. please tell me, like, it's like you're playing yourself. Right. Um, and so, like, I'm speaking with all my heart. I really, really want to know. But you, there's just something holding back. Either you're not doing something, like, like tangibly, or it's just like I know a lot of times I'll just avoid topics with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll pray for like an hour, but like God's like, what about this? I'm like, or we could not talk about that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And even when I'm doing that, I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I just need to surrender to Jesus. So it's still, <laughs> it's still there. But like, okay. yeah. My answer to that would be Proverbs 23, verse 1 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Mm-hmm. So when I look at it, I see with all your heart as a mindset. So when I approach a situation and it says, okay, in order to see God, you're going to have to put yourself in an awkward place like going to a church of a group of people you don't know. Mm. But if I'm doing with all my heart, my mindset is I will not be denied. There's nothing I'm not willing to sacrifice or to spare or to brave in order to get what I want. And so when I play a sport, when I was in the Marines, you get to a place where all your heart is a mindset. And when you have that mindset, I'm thinking in my mind, this is the goal. I want Jesus. And when I come and want Jesus with all my heart, there's nothing that will deny me. I will find a way. I will, do I will give up whatever I need. Exactly. Whatever it takes in order to obtain it. Uh, the then Bible you know. says that the heart is exceedingly deceitful and exceedingly yeah. wicked. And, uh-huh. and how, how do you know? And, uh, well, the truth, the truth of the matter is if you're at a place, right? Exceedingly. Deceitful above all things. <laughs> the truth is in, in Ezekiel 36, right? 26, the Bible says that God says he's, he will give you a new heart yes. and a new spirit, right? Yes. And he will put yes. the new spirit within you and cause you to walk in his ways. Yes. So even if you're in Siku's situation where you're like, I don't even want to want to know your will. Um, in that scenario, you're like, in my own heart, I can do nothing to change my heart. But that's what God is. That's who Jesus is. He does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, he says, I will give you a new heart. Mm-hmm. And I always argue, God doesn't do for men what man can do for himself. Mm-hmm. So if God gives you a new heart, that's the implication is you cannot give it. He doesn't tell you, I'm going to do something for you that you really could have done on your own. Right. But, you know, you just didn't understand how to crack the code. No, God is like, I am the only one who can do this for you. And therefore, coming to Jesus, even when we don't want to want to do his will, or when I'm like, man, Lord, you know, I want to do it with all my heart, but I don't even know how to be wholehearted. I don't even know if I'm ready or I'm making that decision or have that mindset that Sebastian's just talking about. You can come to Jesus and he can give you let's, a heart. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to a narrative of a Bible. Uh, Sebastian is, is waxing, waxing and waning uh, here again. Uh, let's go to Genesis 13, 12. Genesis 13, 12. Mm-hmm. And let's read the story about Abram and Lot. Yes? Yes. Genesis thirteen twelve. And Sebastian, can you read that for us? It says, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. Okay, so we see here that you have Abram and Lot have been given two, do you guys know the story of mm-hmm. the two parts of land? And, mm-hmm. and here Sodom is in the distance. And uh, Sodom is like, you know, this metropolitan evil city. And Lot is not there, but he's kind of going that way. Going towards that way. Yeah. Yeah, So he's like, I'm not there, but I'm kind of mm -hmm, pitching mine this way. (laughs) Um, Go to 14, 14.12. 14.12. And and there's other stuff that happens. And then in this story, 14.12. And then Kelly, if you don't mind reading, can you read that for us? They also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. So something happened from chapter 13 to chapter 14. Right. His brother maybe has a better equity over in the city, <laughs> and he gets a mortgage over there. Or the so city rather, flew out and or the, they or helped the, him. Or, or, oh, 
that that could could be that's that could be that could be in the ancient world there's not much evidence of that uh, because of real estate property uh, taxes Mm. and let's go to genesis 19 genesis 91 and siku can you read that for us genesis 19 1 genesis 19 1 (laughs) <laughs> there we 19, go. One. Gotcha. Yes, thank you. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Okay, so here we see Lot was kind of, kind of, you know, and then now he's in, and then now he's sitting at the gate, which means what's the gate? The gate was where all the people went to and fro, and all the elders would sit there, all the major decisions of the city, kind of city hall was at the gate. So now mm-hmm. he's sitting at the gate, meaning he's, he's the mayor or the council person of, or, yeah. or something for the city. Yeah. So he has this, this trajectory of going into, into there. And the question is this. Uh, God is about to destroy Sodom. Why doesn't he tell Lot? <clears throat> Because of Lot himself. Mm-hmm. It was because of where Lot's heart was. Yes. Lot wasn't ready in his heart to accept that Sodom was unworthy to be continue to exist on so the earth. So there's something in his heart that he's like, you know, I'm with Abraham, I'm, I'm a follower of God, but there's something pulling him, pulling him yes. and eventually is justifying it at every stage of his life. Hey, I'm in the city. I'm in a missionary in the city. Oh, yeah. I got to be an influential person. I mean, there's this, there's this, I, don't, I don't know what's going on in his mind. But <laughs> well, it's even, it's even revealed later when the angels come to get him out. They're like, mm. Lot, let's go. He's like, well, wait, wait, yes. Lot, let's go. Yeah. Wait, yes, wait. yes, yes. And so, like, you can see the... There's hesitation there. I'm like, really, and, like, is this the case? And, like, literal angels are like, we're going to go because right. it's going to be destroyed. It's like, what? I just... The Bible says more things. He li- right, they right, literally right. dragged him out of the city. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so God tells uh, Lot, I'm going to... You know, I was going to say bomb, but not. He's going to um, destroy, uh, destroy so. fire and brimstone, and and there's something in him that's not fully all there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Contrast him to 18 uh, Genesis 18, 18. Where are we? 18, Verse 19. Something 18, 18, 18, 18, mm-hmm. and 18, 19. And Sebastian, can you read that for us? Oh, 18, 17. 17, 17 okay. 18, 19. <laughs> no problem. Go. Yes. <laughs> and the Lord said, "Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing?" Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Okay, so what's, what, what, is, what is Abraham? Like God, God knows Abraham's God knows heart. Him. Yeah, and he he knows Abraham's heart. He knows how Abraham is going to act, and I see like with Lot, Lot's actions revealed something about his heart. Like, mm. He pitched his tent towards Sodom, mm. and and he, Sodom. Sodom. Okay. So it's what? all right. It's yeah. all right. Don't let him. Don't place, let him deter and, your accent. And then he he keeps <laughs> headed towards that place, you know, right on, like yeah. to Sodom, right? Um, <laughs> but Abraham, but God looks at Abraham and he knows Abraham's heart, yes. right? And he knows that Abraham's the kind of person he can trust with this information. Yes. Yeah. So God can trust Abraham because Abraham is surrendered to God. Yeah. And what's powerful is it, God uses Abraham in his home. So not that Abraham left Ur of Chaldees, not that Abraham was willing to obey him and separate from Lot, but he says, you know why I'm revealing this to you, Abraham? It's because of the man that you are in your home. Yes. Because of who he was as a father and who he was with his family and his servants and his wife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. question is, if God knows you, what does he know? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Does he know you and do you know him? And the position of knowing God with all your heart is having a heart of full obedience. 
that opens up the portals for God to reveal His will towards all of us. That's our prayer. Hopefully that's yours. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.